Welcome to another episode of Arthritic Bourbon Bikers. What? Why do I always laugh at the beginning? I don't know, because we've usually been uh, immature immediately before. And I did kind of change this to be bike packers and not bikers, because I had a bunch of people that thought that we were part of like motorcycle stuff. Yeah, we're not bike cool enough. We're not that. cool enough for be bikers. Uh, but so I tried to change it to arthritic bourbon bike packers. So I apologize if I still say bikers, yeah. but we're in the studio today. And I was just telling Jerry, I have this objective that I would really like to use the studio more. It's silly to have the studio and not use it more. Sure. We were in the garage last time, and sometimes that's fun too because it's just spontaneous and surrounded by bike stuff. But at the same time, uh, it's a little noisier and less consistent. So we're in the studio today and I wanted to get together and not only do another podcast, but talk about more about the rides that you did in 2021. Mm -hmm. And one of those was this ride called the Hotter Than Hell 100, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So can you give us a backstory on, number one, how do you find these things <laughs> like this? And then what prompted you to want to do this? Um, this particular one, I think one of our colleagues, Cheryl Kyle, turned me onto this. She sent me a link off of Facebook and said, hey, this is something you need to look at. And, and I, I immediately became interested because it sounded uh, just unusual, you know. Yeah. Um, it's in Wichita Falls, Texas. They do it every year, I think. I think this was the 40th year, if I'm not mistaken. And where is Wichita Falls in the great so, state of Texas? Uh, it's, it's kind of in the northern part, and I can't remember. It's not, not very far away from, you know, Oklahoma as you're driving through. Okay. So it's not deep into Texas. North Texas, basically. Yep. Mm -hmm. And when, what time of year was this? Was this is this August. August. Late August, yeah. Which is like one of the hottest times of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thus the name, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's, and they're, they don't just have a 100-mile race. It's hotter than hell, 100. But they have a couple other events. And over the years, it's taken on other just like its whole uh, life, you know, they have a they have some races and they have shorter shorter rides you can take. They have, I think, some youth rides and different things. They might even have a five k. So it's kind of like a, a whole event of multiple things. It's just yeah. that what you participated in was the was the one hundred. Yeah, that's kind of the 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 flagship event. Okay. There. So tell us about what's the what's the objective of this? Like, well, it depends on your level of buy in and comfort. Uh, uh, it's really to try and ride 100 miles in the heat. This year, I looked out; it was a few degrees cooler than it used to be because they've had they've had rides 104 degrees and stuff. I believe it was is probably like 93, 94, but it's it's not very humid. Um, but the thing is, you just have to ride it uh, within a certain period of time because they do have this. It's a loop. It's kind of a roughly rectangular kind of rounded loop that runs. Uh, clockwise, and by the time you get probably, I don't know, two-thirds into it, they have a place called Hell's Gate, um, and that's that's kind of your last exit. You know, if you don't think you want to ride the whole thing, they say if you don't reach this time or this place by a certain time, you're unlikely to finish it in time. Okay. Because the afternoon gets pretty gets pretty hot, um, and also windy. There's a headwind sometimes coming into the, the tail end of the race, or so, it's not. A, it is a race for some people. I was not in it for time. Gotcha. So, and this is on uh, what kind of terrain? Like what surface? It's paved. Paved, it's paved okay. Uh, pretty sure it was entirely paved. Uh, sometimes I think there's a detour for road construction. might have a little bit of gravel, but 
Uh, this one I think was entirely paved. Okay. There's some hills. It's not a ton because it's Texas. You know, it's not. It's not Kentucky. So what was it about this that attracted you to it? Uh, it, it sounded stupid. <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> because the other thing I had been thinking about it a while, and I talked to Brenda. Never realized August 26 I turned 50. Oh. Yeah. And this was August 28th. And Brenda was like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I said, I'd kind of like to go um, get dehydrated and sore in, in Texas. <laughs> so that's what we planned. We went down there and uh, stayed there the night before yeah. and arranged. And it turned out I knew a couple people down there, actually. Oh, un, unbeknownst, huh? Yep. yep. People that you knew showed up. So, <clears throat> Okay. So you get down to Texas, you spend the night before. What time does this race start? Or I, I say race, but what time does this ride start? Um, probably about about seven-ish, I think. I mean, it's pretty early because you get there, it's dark. Okay. Yeah. So how many people are we talking about? It or a few hundred. A few hundred. Okay. So pretty good sized group. Mm-hmm. It's Do like they... a marathon too. They set the they put the serious people up front, people that are really making it a race. So they're staging you. Yeah, and 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 the the lead times are ridiculous so you've got guys on serious road bike style mm-hmm. stuff too yeah mm-hmm. okay and you oh, yeah. took you took the fargo yeah i took gertie all right so tell me how'd you uh how'd you set up gertie for this ride uh, uh i mean i can't say i stripped her down because <laughs> i can't i can't ride a naked frame <laughs> so i did take the front rack off i took like the the dog bones and stuff off um left a couple feed bags no other other bags, except the little tool bag. I did have my uh, uh, my sunscreen on the fork. Got a lot of comments about that. Um, but you know, the rear rack I leave on there because it kind of has. I would have to find new new bolts because it's actually holding part of the, the dropouts. Yeah. Um, and then it's wired wired to my tail light, and I wasn't going to mess with that. So I had the you know the the rack the uh, the Kydex. Some stuff on it. Uh, of course, I took the I took Javier was with me. Right. So I, right. Um, For those who don't know, Javier is the rubber chicken. Rubber chicken. Yeah. If you watched any of the videos, you would see the rubber chicken that yep. Jerry carries. He's, yep. he's the mascot. Yep. He's he's a high mileage chicken now. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and quite a conversation starter. Oh yeah. On top of the bike, the load, and everything else, if that doesn't get their attention, yeah. Javier it always does because he's a rainbow chicken. So. Yep. Yeah, he's the hero. All right, so you started out. So tell me, um, are we talking uh, rolling hills, flat? What's the what's the grade like? I, as I recall, the first probably, I don't know, man, probably the first twenty to thirty miles were pretty simple, pretty flat, um, and it was morning, so it was cool. And even the first forty, I was feeling pretty good. So it was it was pretty, you know, I was feeling fresh too. But it was it was flat, nice, cool. Uh, not much wind to ride against. You know. Yeah. And and you know that you have this objective that if you don't make it to this point, you're probably not going to mm-hmm. finish within the sort of allotted time. So you you probably are sort of focused on that. And Yeah. I busted my hump. I mean, for the first, uh, I'd say 40, 50 miles, I was moving. I mean, for me with big tires and, you know, I was, I was uh, really, I probably had about a 17 mile an hour average for a while. Which is pretty incredible for a, a bike setup like yours. Yeah. What kind of tires were you running during that time? I believe I had the, uh, like I had the super yummy. So they were like 2.12 or something like that, inches wide. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I had them inflated pretty well. So, yeah, so I aired them up good, of, get, yeah. some, get some uh, 
better rolling resistance. Yeah, and I, I did have to, even though we had we had refreshment stops, you know, I sag stops, I I kept uh, probably three liters of drink with me because I, it just it's hot and you're yeah. moving. Um, and really, that's part of the strategy too. And I'd been told by people that did this before as I was down there, they said if you really want to make that, because uh, it's so congested at the beginning, uh, if you want to make your 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 objective, don't stop at the first couple of sag stops. So I had to make sure I had plenty of you know fluids and stuff. So this is a really nicely organized ride because they've got sag stops, they've got sponsors, and you mm-hmm. mentioned one of them was a, uh, a sports drink company. I don't, and we forgot yeah. the name. It wasn't like Gatorade, but it was some some. Third, yeah, and it third was parties. quite good. I mean, it's a powder. Yeah. So so you. So the SAG stops, they probably have some kind of a snack and then different mm-hmm. drink options if yeah. it's like most. Pickle juice is a thing down there. Yeah. They had pickle like chunks or slices and gallons of pickle juice. And you can only drink so much of that. And, you know, a little Dixie cup and you're like, yeah, I think I'm good. Um, <laughs> right. But then I would spend a lot of time with their, their electrolyte drink, their sponsored drink. Um, and they would take big, was it, 50-gallon trash cans and... It, Hopefully they were clean. Uh, and they would just mix it all up in there and they would go over and get a big old pitcher and bring it out and pour it in your, in your water bottles. And, you know, you can stay there and drink out of their cups. But yeah. I would drink a few and fill up and hit the road. So did they also have a uh, sort of like service wagon that was following the back of the pack to help people that had troubles? Yeah. They had quite a few. They had a few cars going back and forth, cars, trucks, a flatbed trailer. And you'd see, you know, the more the day wore on, you'd see people... Kind of saying, you know, I just, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Boy, what a nice option to have, though. Like, if you're not going to make it, you can actually get a ride and yeah. someone call you back, you know. Yeah, and I think what happens, though, is it looked to me like they had a little bit of a schedule. So they would have the same truck and trailer go by two or three times before they would take them back to make sure they're getting everybody. And they're going back, they had someone else checking. Because I saw the same people on the trailer with their bikes Two or three times, yeah, um, to make sure they're not constantly sense. running back and forth. Yeah. So, yeah, wow, cool. What do you remember? What the cost of the ride was? Oh my goodness, I don't. Off the top of your head, I was just I curious. Don't. I'd have to. Yeah. Either way, it was a nice organized ride with lots of with lots of uh, you know benefits about throughout the ride. So you're really hammering it pretty good there in the beginning. How did the race ride whatever go for you the rest of the way? Well. You know, you're talking. I think my total, my total ride time was probably like seven hours, and by the time you stop and different things, I think my total time was was eight. But ride time was about seven, and um, you know, exercising like that sometimes uh, uh, necessitates a couple of unscheduled bathroom stops. Yes, and so got kind of lucky because. Uh, my wife was about at mile 60 with some friends that she'd run into that we kind of knew were there or didn't know but learned were there through social media. And they were staying at a, at a, at a campground, a KOA, that had a nice bathroom. So I was texting her. Of course, I'm always with the phone, too. It's always, always on, the, on the bike. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to make a little pit stop somewhere. And she said, well, hey, we've got, we've got cold water and a, and a real restroom. So I, I made a stop around mile 60. Um, but that, and uh, that was nice to get to visit with Brenda and, and some of our friends who were there. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, so that at that point is when I was, I think I was almost to the, to the point where I had to decide, okay, we're, Hell's Gate is up next. 
Um, and I was feeling pretty good, but I was definitely, I was definitely thinking I'm not going to make this pace the rest of the way. But I was on pace to be fine by, yeah. the, by the cutoff. So, uh, but I paid for it because I was pretty, pretty pooped out. So after that, it's back. Uh, tell us about the last half or the last, I guess, forty percent of this ride. Yeah. Do you remember? <clears throat> so when you get to Hell's Gate, they have this big inflated gorilla. It says like Hell's Gate or something, and that's where if you go on um, through the uh, through the gate, I think you then it's the rest of the loop to get the complete hundred miles, um, or you can sort of take the shortcut back, um, and uh, but that's when it also turns. It, it kind of turns to go kind of south, and then and then comes back around to the west, and it's kind of a wind out of the west. <laughs> yes, uh, wasn't tr- tremendous, but it was enough that you know if you've Pushed a heavy bike, 60 miles, 70 miles, you're going to notice the last leg. And I did. Yeah. But you finished. I did. I did. And I, I was not feeling terrible, just tired, fatigued. But the last, not kidding you, the last like mile and a half, I hit a wall. I was, I was probably getting a little dry. And I had a cramp. And I, I rarely cramp during a ride. Afterwards, I'll be miserable sometimes. But... It was ridiculous. I was going up this little, little bridge going back into town and I had to go down to the bottom gear because I, it was crazy. It was really impressive. I almost had to stop and get off the bike, but it kind of worked itself out. You probably were dehydrated. Yeah, I think I was. (laughs) I was on E. Yeah. 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 We've often talked about this, that when you're riding, you won't necessarily feel thirsty. And you know, a lot of the quote unquote experts, not that, you know, you're a physician, so you're probably as much of an expert as anybody, but a lot of the people who ride often, they'll say, if you get to the point where you actually feel thirsty, you're probably behind already. Yeah, yeah. And we've started kind of doing this thing. I kind of played around with it and then mentioned it to you about setting a timer. And every 15 minutes trying to be reminded to take a drink. And I don't know about you, but when I ride, I'm always amazed at how quickly that 15 minutes comes back around. I'm like, holy cow, it's already been 15 minutes. I need to drink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, How does someone prepare themselves for a ride like this? Like what kind of advice, if you have any, would you give people who are thinking, maybe I want to do this? We've often, I want to touch on the randoneering concept too. Okay. Yeah. Because a lot of people hadn't heard of that. I certainly hadn't until you mentioned it to me. But how do you prepare for something like this? I think. There are a couple of things. Uh, you got to figure out what your your limiting factor is going to be. For some people, it's distance. Some people, it's total exercise time. Um, and some people, yeah, the bike. If you're if you're not accustomed to a heavier bike, you need to get the the lighter stuff. But um, and then it's the kind of the conditions. And sometimes you can't train much for the conditions. If you you know if you don't live where it's hot, it's going to be tough. We have heat in Missouri, yeah. you know, and it, we have humid heat. So uh, I felt like I spent some time. In, in heat, you know, kind of training for that in a way. But um, the other thing I think is just you've got to be able to spend that much time on the bike. Yeah. That's time really it. Time of the saddle. It is. You've got to make sure that that you're ready for that, just having your butt there. And and probably making sure you know your needs as far as uh, chamois cream. Do you like a certain type of, uh, of uh, padded pants? You know, make sure you've got your gear kind of sorted out. Yeah. Um, because that will be that will be a problem, I think, for for me. When you're riding, how do you prepare for these things? Do you do a lot of long rides up to it, or is that just sort of like standard fare for you anyway? I I do. I try to always be, ha, ha, I guess, always have some long rides in the recent past, 
but I tried to spend some longer rides in the heat, relative heat leading up. And, and that might mean, depends kind of what kind of riding you're used to doing. If your goal is 100 miles, then, you know, your training rides have to be 60, 70 miles once in a while or even 80. Um, I think I rode leading up to this, I think I rode about a 100 mile ride, um, kind of getting ready for it. But um, not everyone has that kind of time because at the pace I go, that's seven or eight hours. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you've got to have the time. Right. Uh, that's actually one of the other limiting factors is you've got to be able to spend the time doing it. Some of the guys that are faster, lighter bikes and the road cycles and they go, they don't, well, let's just say they didn't, they didn't need seven hours for that ride, you know? Right. Um, so there's that. And then when it comes to hydration, what's kind of your practice? I know this ride had sag stops with different fluid options, but if you're training and you're doing an 80 mile ride to train, what's your go-to kind of hydration practices? I try to mix it up with some electrolytes, whether it's a, the, the none, none tablets or however you pronounce that. Noon yeah, or none. noon or none or whatever um, they are. Do that uh, or whatever you're sort of the ones you really like. But I find that I can only do so many of those before I have to just have some water because it kind of upsets my stomach a little bit. That's a great point because we have a lot of people who, will, who really like like the Gatorade style. But for me personally, and I think maybe you've said this too, sometimes that stuff is too sweet. Yeah. When I'm deep into a ride, the last thing I want is that sweet taste. It almost makes me kind of nauseous. Yeah. And that's one of the things I liked about the noon or none or whatever tablets was they're they're kind of a carb a car, little bit carbonated fizzy when they when they melt in yeah. the in the water. But I liked them because they weren't super sweet and they supposedly had great electrolyte qualities, but I'm kind of like you after a while I kind of get tired of them and I need something different. So sometimes I'll do like half of one of those and half of a a sugar-free style like flavor packet, yeah. like water flavor packet, yeah. just to change the taste. Yeah. And I do a half a packet because a whole one just feels too sweet to yeah. me. So. And you're real sensitive to that. Think about it. You know, an all day event, you're, you're going to be stuck with the same, <laughs> the same thing for a while. Yeah. Um, and you know, on some of the rides they'll have, they'll mix up the hydration a little bit and stuff, but still some of those solutions are a little much for you. The, like I said, the pickle juice, I tried it. Yeah, I'm sure it gave me the electrolytes I needed, but, um, it's not always palatable, yeah. you know? It's, you gotta be... Oh, the fr frankly, there's some people that just don't like it. They don't like that vinegary, <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. you know, sour taste. and uh, So that would be a negative for sure. Yeah. What about snacks? What what do you, what is your go-to for, if you're doing something like that, what do you, yeah. what would you pack along? Well, on this one, I made sure I had a couple things like, uh, I'm kind of into the Lara bars because I just like the texture. They're easy to unwrap too. I don't have to wrestle with the wrapper and it's small, I can shove it in the feed bag. Um, Sometimes I'll take a little like sugary gummy snack too. Those are the things I, I tend to take. Uh, and I had a little bit to last me until the, I probably waited for like the third or fourth sag stop, you know? So I had to have something to get me through because I don't like to have the carbs in the drink because they just like said they're too sweet. So. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, and I try to go with some of the things they have on the, on the events, you know, whether it's peanut butter sandwiches, bananas, um, May not be a good idea, but if there's a brownie sitting there, I'm grabbing the brownie. Yeah. Or the chocolate chip cookie. That's right. just it. Right. I'll pay I'll pay I'll pay for it later. But there's no major meal through a ride like that though. It's all small snacks. Yeah, it's pretty it. much like the granola bars, um, different different things. You don't want to be too heavy with something. Yeah, you gotta be careful with that. You know. And honestly, I love peanut butter and stuff, but you know, if you're already kind of dry mouth, you gotta you gotta make sure that you can 
eat a peanut butter sandwich and, and chase it down with something and not feel like you're battling that for 10 or 15 minutes afterwards. It's been my experience anyway. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Any other tips for a ride like that that you can think of? I mean, obviously you talk about weight of the bike, pr tire pressure, type of tire, um, snacks, hydration. You know, and I'm not a, I'm certainly not a bike mechanic, but just kind of have some level of comfort with your, your setup, you know. Um, and we've talked about it. You know, you get into all these different controversial things. What's your saddle like? And I always will run a tubeless setup. I'm not, I mean, I didn't change tires. I didn't go narrow. I didn't change anything. So I had my tubeless. I checked to make sure I had, uh, you know, sealant. And then, but I went as a little more inflation than I typically do. Um, knowing though that it was going to get a little hotter as it rode. But, um, and that's the thing. I you just make sure you, you're comfortable. You probably don't want to change a lot of stuff before that. Yeah. Because, you know, then you're left kind of troubleshooting something that, is unfamiliar. So be comfortable with your setup that yeah. you've got. And did you see anyone having flats or anything like that? There were some flats, yeah. yeah, yeah there, were, there were some flats. That's miserable. Yeah, I just don't like that. And that's, to me, I mean, you read some people that say they've had problems with uh, tubeless setup, and I'm sure people do. It's been great to me, and I hate changing tires. Especially when you're in the middle of a ride. Yeah. It's bad enough when you're at home. Yeah. Uh, but in the middle of a ride, it's absolutely terrible. I'd say, you know, probably the biggest or, or the only problem I've ever had was when we were on a ride and I didn't have, I hadn't checked the sealant level. Yeah. As oh, long yeah. as there's sealant in there, I've never had an issue. Yeah. I find it just miraculous how I just, I guess just consistent it is to be able to ride and not have any problems with flat tires. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Makes uh, a huge difference. A huge difference. And then, you know, I've started bringing along the the stands, uh, plugs, you know, that you can use if you do have a puncture that's too big for sealant, you know, yeah. and you can the dart tool, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Yeah. Uh, just makes it easy if you do have something like that, but I personally have not had anything like that. But yeah, tubeless, I just love it. Yeah, I do too. And, and realize, everyone probably knows this, this is a road ride. And there weren't many tubeless <laughs> equipped bikes out there. Yeah. Now, they do have several stages, like, you know, the guys that are really going for time, um, and some of those times were impressive. Um, and then the further <clears throat> toward the back you get, I think I started myself in the second group, because I knew I wanted to kind of not waste a lot of time initially. But you get toward the back, and that's where you get the, the goofy stuff, you know, kind of weird bikes and stuff. Um, that's kind of neat to see people going out. And they might not all be doing the 100-mile thing, but they're out there, and, and it's kind of fun. But... Uh, <laughs> If you ride a kind of a heavier steel frame mountain bike style rig with big tires and extra crap on it, and you know, and I don't ride in a, in a kit, you know, I'm riding, I got shorts, padded shorts and shorts under it so I can have a pocket if I want like my headphone holder in it, um, and a tank top, right, or something like that. I don't look like I'm riding a, a, a race. <laughs> And so I get so many remarks. They just, whether I'm passing them or they're passing me, they, I just get like these nods of of respect. But you're crazy, but I kind of respect what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's worth it. You really. get you get a certain level of respect just for showing up with something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're in this. Carry on, man. And then when you finish, everybody's like, yeah, okay, that's the real deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was... It's fun. I intend to do it again if I had the time. I, I, I'd certainly plan to do it again. Yeah, and this falls in line with a little bit 
I know it's different, but randoneering, I'd like to just touch on that for a second mm -hmm. because that's something I hadn't really heard much about. But you've had some goals to kind of do some of those styles. Can you touch on that for just a second, what it is? Yeah, yeah, so it's, randoneering is, uh, is it's not a race. It's like a race against yourself. It's basically an endurance ride. They have different levels and they're in, in kilometers, you know. It might be 200, 400, 800 different, different lengths um, and each one has a time limit. And you basically, it's a, it's a route that's, that's set up. It's a brevet is the name of the, the route. And there are, um, so the race would be called a brevet, their actual event. And then they have permanence, which is a, a pre-existing established route that you can use and time yourself and go on them. They're published in different places. But the actual event that are kind of qualifying is an organized brevet. Um, I haven't ridden one, but I've kind of made my own up and, and done it like a self-made permanent to try it one time. Um, and it has to be self-supported. You can't get any help. You can stop and procure supplies, but you can't get help or transport or anything. Um, and to prove you went the route, a lot of times they'll have you go by and, and you got to have a receipt from this little quick shop, you know, buy a buy a pack of gum or something so we know you were there at this time and so it's kind of like established. A, it's kind of like a stamp and a passport sort of an idea almost yeah. or something like it's that it's like a yeah. like a what's it a scavenger hunt yeah yeah <laughs> um but they're they're kind of uh just a a solo endurance ride um and uh i had signed up for one a year or two ago it was going to be up north in wisconsin and then it just got cold you know how I am with, with my asthma and cold yeah. weather i kind of chickened out i said i'm I'm not going to mess with that. They were even going to have an ice storm or something. So I made up a route here at home that was like 130 miles. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. And I go and I found huge dogs. And I went by the Callaway nuclear plant. And I had a total tour of, of mid-Missouri that I didn't think I'd ever get. Found some hills. Um, I had to, yeah. I, I walked my bike up this big hill primarily because Cerberus the Hellhound was sitting in this yard. And I was like, oh, this, you know, I went dogs too. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. So I got off my bike, I got on the other side, and I walked it past him, and he just looked at me. He didn't get up. And, I, and I've read this. If, if you're riding, you look like something needs to be chased. But if you're not threatening, and this was a huge hound, oh my gosh, I was like, I'm probably going to die if this turns into some sort of thing. <laughs> so, but I walked up this big steep gravel hill and him just watched me, got to the top and I went, I survived obviously, but it was, <clears throat> man, it took me about, I don't know, all day. Like, Yeah. So some of these events though, like they can be super long. So we're talking, some of them are overnight. Yeah. Three or four days. Like you got to find some place to crash mm -hmm. Yeah, and then keep going and you, but, but you still are under constraints, right? Of oh time. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bookended. Um, and it's, uh, you got to provide proof or something. Now it's an event. Randonneuring as an event predates the Tour de France, and it's a French thing. Wow! So it's it came around before then, and um, and there is uh, like the event, the randonneuring event, like the, the 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 World Series of randonneuring is the the PBP in France, Paris Brest Paris. It's a I don't know, it's a twelve hundred k or I'm not sure, um, but. And it's kind of a lottery. You've got to go through certain qualifying events at qualifying venues to do it. And then everyone that wants to can't do it because it's like it's like the 
you know, Boston Marathon. You've got to have a, a system to select the people that can do it or whatever. So it's a little bit of a lottery event, I think. Wow, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to do some, but obviously I've got some work to do. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, that kind of wraps it up for today. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the Hotter Than Hell 100 because it's such a uh, kind of an interesting thing, these like organized rides that people do and, and you went down and done completed this one in the middle of August, which is ridiculous heat. And it's kind of like, they're kind of like throwing the worst elements at you of heat, potentially wind, uh, you know, hydration, all those things to do in different uh, ride lengths and stuff. I just thought it was interesting that people would want to know more about it. You know, the last podcast and and, uh, video, which all of these are available on video as well as on a podcast player, uh, was very popular. The... Mm -hmm. You know, people wanting to know about the ride that you did. And um, so I thought, well, we need to do another one of those because everybody's really interested in some of these crazy rides you've done. And I think also people are always looking for what are the other options for me to do rides. If I'm not wanting to ride by myself or maybe I've been riding the same circle around my my home area, what are my other options that are out there? So, you know, outside of even that East Coast Florida bike thing, uh, people kind of want to know like, hey, show me a route or... You know, hey, tell me more about where, you, how you stayed, how you planned, all those things. This is another example of the type of ride that can be done. It's completely organized for you. Mm-hmm. So you just got to kind of show up, and then they've got designated stops, and people can help you if you have a problem. It's not quite as, uh, you know, sort of uh, lone wolf, as you would say, as some of the stuff we do. Yeah. But it's also another way to get out, be around some really cool people of all different styles. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like we've talked about before. You will see people that don't have the physique of an elite athlete, and they are eating up pavement. Yeah. For 100 miles. Yeah. And you'll roll in at the end looking like you've been hit by a car, and they're already on their third beer, and they're like, man, that was great, wasn't it? (laughs) And you're like, man, I feel like I've been drugged behind a truck. Yeah, yeah, you you definitely can't judge the book by its cover oh, when no. it comes to those kind of events. Yeah. But some people are just really great at endurance stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, they've got it under the hood. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for following along with us. Uh, this podcast is distributed by Anchor.fm, which is a Spotify company. They distribute it for free to all the varying podcast players that are out there, so you can find it there. It's also available on YouTube. Be sure to check that out. Links in the description. If you have any questions, leave questions, comments, or reviews. Always appreciated. If you're a YouTube person, follow along, subscribe. We'd love to have you learn and do some more. We're talking about doing this a little bit more detailed. We've also talked about creating a channel or improving the channel from the perspective of getting a lot more detail in what was the ride, how was it organized, where did we stay, where did we eat, all of those things for, for backpacking, of bike packing events. I'll get it out right here in a minute. And maybe making that such that we could have more uh, resources available for people who wanted to, to get involved in them. So we're thinking about that for 2022. If that's something you think would be interesting to you or you'd like to know more about it, leave us a comment so that we know that that is something that would be interesting I've made it kind of an objective to try to, to try to plan more rides and be involved in more rides. I know the last couple of years have been crazy with COVID, but the, I mean, I think that we know now that it's not going away. It's going to be around and we, the safest place we can probably be is outdoors Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the fresh air. Sure. 
with some exercise and all that stuff. So hopefully in 2022, we can do some rides. Maybe we can plan something and maybe we can do a very detailed sort of day-by-day uh, -day plan for people if that's something that people are interested in. So thanks for following along. We'll see you again soon.